Welcome to Crown the Podcast. I am Star Golden and this is episode 24, Queen. This is a best of episode featuring clips from past episodes from queens who have been guests on the podcast. Enjoy. Respecting black women looks like believing black women when we say we are hurting in pain or that we need help. I know it may seem hard to believe since somehow the culture seems to think that black women are invincible in our superheroes. And while we embrace our power, we also recognize that we are human just like everyone else. And if we say that we are hurting physically, doctors, please believe us and look into what could possibly be the cause, just as you would any other patient. If we say that we need help, please believe that we do. And it might have actually taken us a lot to admit it because the standard is that We don't need anyone for anything, and that could not be further from the truth. I know we've been saving a lot. We saved the election for the Democrats, and we've been saving the culture for all of America. But please, even as fly as we are, embrace all aspects of us, even the ones that are broken, and work to heal us just as we help heal others. So let's talk about the importance of Black women affirming themselves. What comes up for you? Um, you know, all right. So like Black women, right? Like Black people in general, we are super magic. We are super uh, natural when it comes to like magic and like the way that we work with foods and the earth and like our bodies and people and things, right? Mm-hmm. So like, Black women affirming themselves is the magic of them giving something to themselves. Because like, essentially we do so much for the world where we give them so many pieces of ourselves, so many of our words, our encouragement, things that we do. Affirmations are literal enchantments. I say enchantments, I don't think that's a real real (laughs) word. Um, But they're literal incantations, right? Yeah. Because it's direct language, specific language and words mean things, right? that we are speaking over ourselves. So if like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, shout out to the black woman. They say that because when we incant, when we do an incantation for them, it works, right? If, if I say uh, to, you know, someone that's not black, you can do it. They're gonna believe they can do it because it's, it's literal magic. Mm-hmm. So the importance of like affirming the self as a black person is knowing that it's okay to apply your own magic to yourself, right? Um, when I work with like my clients and things like that, when we're doing affirmation sessions specifically, um, I always make sure that I challenge them to look up the words that they use, right? Mm-hmm. That they can find find the meaning and the definition behind the word to know that which that which they speak over themselves, right? Um, like I had a client who was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna be really hard for me," and so I, I paused because we were in the middle of a session, and I asked, "I was like, let me look up this word hard," and it meant. Mm. Uh, uh unmoving right uh 
stable, like against like cement was some of the words that you used. And I was like, is that what you mean to say? And she was like, no, I just mean for it to be like, you know, it's going to be difficult. Mm, what about a challenge? And we looked at the word challenge. The challenge was like, oh, something to overcome, right? And so yeah. I was like, say that instead, because that actually says what you're trying to say. She's like, but you know, and I'm like, no, but the energy is, is a literal incantation, right? Abracadabra only works because you have to say abracadabra. It doesn't work where, you know, or bibbidi boppity boo. It only works because you say, <laughs> yeah. And affirmation is the same way, but people don't see it as modern magic, but it is. That's so powerful. Because yeah. I think we underestimate the power of words, period. Especially if you think about, for some of us, depending on the types of environments that we were brought up in, um, we've probably had words used against us in mm-hmm. ways that were have created certain like levels of trauma that we're probably still trying to unearth. I know that's true for me. Mm-hmm. And so being having that level of consciousness about the types of words that you use is very powerful to like wrap your mind around, right? So it's like, yes. it's like, and I mean, it's it's also biblical, right? So I believe in Hello. Jesus. <laughs> and it's like, life and death lies in the power of your tongue. Mm. So now let's think about like life to bring something to life to live and death, like literally ceasing to exist. And so if all if that power lies in my tongue and listening to you say, like, or, or talk about like the magic or it being an incantation that you then give to yourself. The first mm-hmm. thing that came up to my mind was how easy it is for black women to fall into that superhero complex. Come on. <laughs> where, you know, we've seen it in every modern superhero movie, right? Yes. You're serving the world, you're saving the world, you're doing it over and over again. Uh, but you go home to an empty house, you, you're not getting fulfilled because you're waiting for someone to save you. Yes. The power to save you lies already within you like you are the hero you're waiting for so like at what point are you gonna stop waiting sis yeah (laughs) and like and that's why I'm I'm getting chills so that that spirit speaking like I have chills all over my body but yeah like even bringing that up right the power of of life and death lies in the tongue right Mm -hmm. that is real like you know what I mean because it what what I tell my my clients when I'm working with them is that like Let's look at it like, are you going to live or are you going to die? What are you speaking? Because your reality is shaped by the things that you say, right? Because the things that you say start as a thought. So if I think that something's going to be hard, which the definition of hard is to be, you know, unmoving, unchanging, right? A hard surface doesn't move. It's just there, right? Then I'm, I'm saying to myself, I'm looking and now I see the world as that. I see the world as hard, right? Versus mm-hmm. if I challenge myself to like, you know, to live a little, live on the edge. Everything I do is wonderful and magic. Um, my life is so uh, great and, and flowery and, and joy-filled, right? Mm-hmm. My body has no choice but to respond because within the words itself, right? Let's, let's take the example of abracadabra. Usually you see it like in a movie, you know, Cinderella, bippity boppity boop, and she does the little thing with the, with the yeah. wand, yep. boop, right? It literally changes Cinderella's whole reality. So if I say, okay, and I use my, my end sentence as my wand. If I say, okay, the whole world is magic and free. Boop. 
immediately how my body has to respond to the energy of the language used and the yes. vibration of the words used yes. it's not my whole perception changes of the reality that I'm a part of so yeah it is like and then you'd be like oh snap <laughs> <laughs> oh was life always as easy it was sis it really was but you yeah. because you weren't speaking that over yourself and then a the part about trauma right it's mm-hmm. like it carries on because you learn language from your youth you mm. learn to speak from your youth right yeah and so when you have when you know better you do better and like in my tradition we always say once spirit tells you something once you're aware you can't go back to acting like you you know because the orisha yep. will take will hold you responsible for what you know now you right. know what I'm saying? and so it's like people are aware of their trauma and then they still continue the cycle anyway you know what i'm saying right they still continue to abracadabra themselves back to debt or abracadabra themselves back to you know low self-esteem mm. it's weird <laughs> right. it's weird like so right. yeah but the the superhero is is within right because the superhero complex that people why superheroes are so popular is because superheroes like they speak to god they speak yes. to the god mm-hmm. and the abnormalities that make us great as people which mm-hmm. is the spirit you know the spirit self or the holy spirit whatever tradition you subscribe to right right that that is what makes superheroes amazing why people love them because it's like oh my god these people are otherworldly and it's like, you know, by being a human, by existing, whether you know God or not, whether you call him the universe, mother God, goddess, whatever, mm-hmm. you are a part of this huge creation of the universe right. manifesting. Mm-hmm. So within that, you are super yourself. The magic is, is real. All right, I'm going on a tangent. But <laughs> no, no, this is not a tangent because I'm going to tell okay. you what's coming up for me. Um, it's the fact that even though like we we are naming right now mm-hmm. um that the magic is within us right like we are we are super therefore we can be super to ourselves mm-hmm. and i instantly started thinking about all of the external society pressures mm-hmm. that create fear around assuming that role right yeah there's something very scary about being powerful yeah dare oh. i say it there's something even more scary for black women when they assume that power. Like, yeah. fully. like there's something that makes the world, makes people get, I don't know, scary, um, fearful. And, and I think that we've been taught for so long that you cannot, um, like you just can't be that fly. Like you can yeah. be, you can be kind of fly, but you can't be fly fly. Like yeah. you can't actually like lift your feet off the ground. Yeah, actually do that. Like yeah. Yeah. right. And so I wonder how many black women like struggle with that. Struggle with trying to um, balance understanding, knowing, and assuming the mag- their own magic and power, and naming that. Yeah. While fighting against like the world's opposition or resistance to accepting who you are yeah you know that's that's like a that's a really because like because the conditioning right the conditioning tells Mm. us can't our history tells us that we are magic but our magic has been stolen from us right like from doctors using our bodies to like mutilate us to try on science to you know the henriettas of the world right like it's been taken from us. And you know, what right. happens is once you have an accepted truth, right? And you are introduced with new information. Mm-hmm. What happens with the new information is that um, it causes a thing called cognitive, cognitive dissonance, right. right? Which is where this new information is introduced and it 
challenges the hell out of you, right? Mm -hmm. And everything you thought you believed in because you because what you believe in is so ingrained into your DNA. Like it's so ingrained yeah. into you. So your, your body has no point but to be like, nah, this doesn't feel safe. Yeah. Your, and your mind is, and the, the mind is beautiful because it does it to protect us, to keep us safe. This is where safety is. This out of, out of world concept, I know nothing of this, but all my DNA says that this thing is true. So let's try and walk in this thing because I'm gonna keep you safe because you know predators is out here. That's how like that's how the brain works. Right. So it's, it's really weird, but I always challenge people. Like once you know, you know. You know what yeah. I mean. So yeah. between you and God, or you and universe, or you and whoever, you gonna have to know. <laughs> like so, at the end of the day, you still know, and they're still gonna hold you to what you know. Right. You know what I mean. So like. Yeah, people can be more magical than they than they allow themselves to be. And the minute I re- realized that was the minute I started trusting myself more because, you know, the effort, because I, at one point I was in like therapy, clinical therapy, and I was like, this stuff don't work. <laughs> and why don't it work? Because yeah. it was just clinical, right? No mm-hmm. one was telling me how to, you know, how to affirm myself. And of affirmations, the definition behind it, I believe is something along the lines of like emotional support of like through different, through different things. I hope that did not come through um, through different things or whatever, yeah. right? And it's like, you have to support yourself emotionally. Right. Why it's so important because you have to do the work for you. No one can do it for you. You have to do it. That. That's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you mentioned switching gears just a little bit. You okay. you said clients a couple times. Um, mm-hmm. Tell folks what you do. Okay. So I um I have a company called Your Other Mind where I uh, work as a spiritual coach guide. I I call myself a self healer um because I recognize that everything that I do and I teach. Uh, comes from my own healing journey, which are things that I've done for myself. But yeah, so I do coaching. I do uh, tarot, spiritual coaching, tarot, divination. I do uh, wellness planning from the sense of like helping people achieve goals. Um, and then I just hold sacred space for people when people have to like emote <laughs> and don't want to call their friends or can't call their friends because yeah. their friends are going to do too much or it's not going to be the right. I do that. Um, so yeah, and within that type of work, you know, I'm very God-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the work that I do is intuitive-based, spiritually aligned with my spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I divine. Every coaching session, people divine. We do tarot. We do prayers. We, you know, we listen. We be up, listen. God be all through <laughs> this thing, okay? Absolutely. All the spirits. We invite all the spirits. And we just, we just work. Yeah. I love it. So the reason why I wanted to mention, wanted you to mention that is because um, you do have a a following and a platform on social media Mm -hmm. and you had a conversation, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago at this point about this concept of reality. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I was talking to a friend and they were telling me what they wanted and they named it. And then I was like, so just have it. And they were like, that's not realistic. And it bothered me so deeply. Cause I was like, you didn't say you wanted realistic. You said you wanted this thing. Yeah. And, you know, my friend was shook. And it opened up this conversation around, well, well, yeah, this conversation around the misconception 
that reality is anything but what you want. <clears throat> and mm. people have, we are, con- again, conditioning, right? Society, they would rather us forget who we are than recognize who we are and the power that lies within Black people or otherwise, right? But from, from the work, it's reality is what you want it to be. You know what I mean? There's no definition but for realistic besides whatever you perceive it to be. And if we're all humans on this human journey, whatever we perceive our reality as is just that. And like people, um, I was tired of uh, people giving away this idea that reality has to be anything besides what they experience. Like for me, for example, um, I live in a bubble, not a bubble of ignorance, but a bubble that is personally uh, like curated for myself, Mm -hmm. right? I'm really conscious about like, how I spend my time, what I do, what I allow in, what I don't allow, what I don't allow in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have a complete different reality from most people. And it's all things that I create. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people have to understand that you get to choose what your existence looks like. You get to choose uh, the outcomes. And it, it should and only should be based on your perception. Because like we should always be trying to attain our state of highest good you know, in most alignment with our spirits, right? And if your spirit's like, okay, well, our reality is we party all day, every day, 24-7. Then, hell, party all day, every day, 24-7. No one's telling you you can't have that besides you. But why are you? Because because someone else told you that that was wrong. That's it. Right, right. The thing that comes up for me um, as I'm hearing you talk about, like this idea of, us conditioning ourselves that what realistic is is not what we want that thing mm-hmm. I think about how um some people like if if people really knew me they would say like oh like Tasha's doing too much right yeah. and I'm just like like too much to you may either be enough or not enough for me right we can't use the same measure um with each other right Right. so the teacup can't look at a barrel and say sis you holding too much yeah yeah right because like everybody has different capacities and I think when I think about like what you were saying about realistic I think oftentimes this idea of reality or what's real is often rooted in a single measure of what Mm -hmm. everyone should attain And if we're honest, that measure usually has nothing to do with who we are as Black women. And it's often rooted in white dominant culture. So it's like, why would I want to measure my capacity, my wants, my needs, my desire by something that's not me, like in any sense of the world? It's word. It's not a part of my DNA. I am not white. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, now, if I think about changing the measure, going back to our earlier conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding, assuming my magic, my superpower, then the idea or the boundaries of what is real either expands or falls away. And it's like to accept that in your head is mind blowing to me. Like, imagine if there were no boundaries. Like, imagine if, you said, hey, I have no limits to what yes. I can do. Then it's like, then you why know, you why you mad? You know? <laughs> I don't even want to cut you off, but like yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like, because the only time people use the word real, only time people 
like bringing reality or realistic is when they are trying to like um they bring up an idea of grandiose right of mm-hmm. something that's like oh my god it's this thing that's so amazing blah 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 but that's not realistic why not it's real for some people like right. i know there's a one percent and i know there's some level of like oh well, i would never be that sure you might not but that grandiose idea is their reality how they get there maybe if you shifted your mind affirmed yourself differently you could get close to that right. you know what i'm saying there's no there's no there's nothing wrong reading reaching for reaching for the stars and get into the atmosphere you get what i'm saying like you yeah. still got somewhere you know what i'm saying like so it's like why why can't our lives be burdened as black women be burdened burden free struggle free who mm-hmm. told you that that had to be a part of your story yeah. besides the 400 years of slavery that your people might have gone through or uh inter intergenerational trauma or the mm-hmm. dna of being a slave a slave catcher's daughter like you know what i'm saying like so what who told you this now you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. life can be what you want it to be you just have to believe that more than you believe the lies or more that you accept the lies as an adult or a human like an adult human being you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like yeah, people only use the people only throw in realistic when it when it re- relates to um, like ideas of grandiose, of simplicity, yeah. of peace, of joy, things that would naturally bring that balance, healing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not realistic. It's not realistic to want to be a black woman that's in love with another black woman. It's not realistic to be, you know, uh, a black man who is you know, fluid or whatever. I don't want to talk about men, but it's not realistic to be a black woman that has children that starts her own business. It's not realistic. I have to feed them. Well, sis, if you apply that same energy to like mm-hmm. the business you want to start, wouldn't you be able to feed them? <laughs> like, right. I don't, whose reality are you in? Like, I don't get yeah. this. Yeah. You know? Girl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is so Furby. Uh. <laughs> I don't and know. Then, yeah, no, there's one there's one other thing though that's coming up for me in its um community, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine like you told a story when we were talking about reality. You told a story about how your friend said that and the thing that your friend had or has that um some people may not is you, like your voice uh-huh. in challenging that, right? Yeah. Um, and so one thing that I'm finding like through this series, through this labor of love of doing the podcast is that community is really important. So like Mm -hmm. who you surround yourself with is important because back to our earlier conversation, because words mean things, right? The, The way you affirm yourself is important, but also understand that there are people around you speaking on your life, whether you ask them to or not. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and so like <laughs> it's important for you to surround yourself with the energy that you need to either strip the boundaries that were there before or expand your horizons to where it could you never thought it could be because if you surround yourself with the wrong energy it's very easy to find comfort in the lies it is because no one's challenging it no one's it calling is. it a lie you know it is and that's why you have so many black women um in particular returning back to things right so many black Mm -hmm. women returning back to the earth or to the you know tarot or african spirituality even even if they intermingle it with christianity or or practical ideas because community right yeah something something more than yourself 
And if you're like, if you're a diviner like me, right, your community is the spirits, right? I can say, I can say like, oh, this thing feels like a struggle all day. But when I'm around my community, when I raise my dead and I ask them to help me, right? My community is like, nah, sis, we, we can shift this this way. Oh, you can move this this way, right? And so within all this, we have to find the truth. And as Black women, we're trying to find the truth. And the truth is, we're not alone. The truth is that our communities and our people and our hands and our work and our things matter, right? The truth is we can do whatever we want to do. We just have to decide that's what we want. And that means we can break up with people, <laughs> relationships, and we can find new friends because if they are not allowing you to be the most authentic version of yourself, the most concrete, most secure, most in alignment version of yourself, then you're wasting time, you know? And not like, oh my God, your life is going to be over or like you're not really living. It's just like, you could be better served elsewhere like that, you know? And like, it's important for people to get in alignment with their community, uh, a friend or a spirit group or whatever that supports their highest good. And I always will say that. And that's why I, that's the one thing I want to leave for this podcast with is like alignment with your highest good. That inner voice that we have been conditioned as black women to turn down, right? To like dismiss right that voice that's always like rooting you on that's also is community you know the holy spirit the god the father god the son god the holy spirit only exists because the holy spirit is within you right that is your community the the, the three of y'all are the community you know like you with god you with god within you you with god the one that you chose is the community it starts there too um that's the highest good like always people should always be striving black women should always strive to attain the highest good that voice that we were told to, uh, to, to turn down needs to be elevated now because there's too many of us walking in paths that aren't our destiny that aren't our highest good that aren't where we should be right they're just you know matrix coding you know just shit excuse me just stuff that we're operating in so yeah man yeah hey charity hey tasha welcome to crowned i'm so happy to have you on the podcast i am so happy to be here with you i feel like i'm in elementary school can i say that (laughs) yes you can say that anything (laughs) goes you can say whatever you want to say so why don't you start by introducing yourself to the crown okay my name is charity cd metzger Uh, I am a dance education artist, a former professional dancer. I am a wife of nine years almost and a mother of two precious little girls, Divine and Journey. Um, Like I said, I'm a teacher. I teach dance at a school from pre-K to eighth grade. It has become a labor of love in so many ways. (laughs) And my my little girls, they call my students my kids. Mommy kids, mommy kids. <laughs> so yeah, so I have almost 500 kids nice. attached to my two little birth children that I birthed myself. <laughs> nice, nice. And so for folks that are listening that don't know me or Charity, we've known each other since elementary school. I almost said high school. Ooh, <laughs> elementary school. You know, further back than that. Um, and you've always been my soul sister. Soul sister. Just something about us that always kept us connected, which 
in my adult years, I absolutely 100% appreciate, um, you know, that connection to your like growing self. And when you mm. have people in your life that are connected to that self and understand your growth, where you've been and where you're going, um, there's something very like affirming and validating about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were the first person I, I knew I wanted on the podcast for the soul section you know, so relating it to my vision board, body, mind, and soul. Soul for me is really about family, faith, and friendship, like those things. Like, how are you like feeding your soul when it comes to, you know, the things you do in your life that's outside of like work or, Mm. um, you know, tasks, paying bills and stuff like that. And I thought that you're like the ultimate family, faith, and friendship person with everything that you're doing in your wonderful life. So the first thing that I want us to chat about is when you think about or when you hear me say family, faith, and friendship, like what comes to mind for you? When I first saw this question, the immediate thought, and this is going to sound so cliche, especially for those of us who are Christian. (laughs) The first thing that I thought about was Jesus. And I think I've grown into that because as a wife, and mother of two, like we're in our mid thirties and for some that might seem old, but you know, we may be some of the first people that we knew to get married, especially females to get married. And, um, I also, I live in Maryland Mm -hmm. and I was born and raised in the County of Day County, (laughs) uh, Miami, Florida. And so I am quite detached from my source Mm. um so I've had to grow into who is charity when charity is isolated from a source oh I like that (laughs) and what I've learned in the process and this has come in probably the last six months is that the source for me is Jesus. It has to be Jesus. Mm. I have to understand where my God, where my creator puts friendship. And I have to get closer to my friendship with him. Mm. Because if I can't understand friendship by myself, and I feel like people say this about relationships in general, yeah. especially if it's a partnership with um, a spouse. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm not whole by myself, then yeah. how can I be complete with a partner? And I've found myself having to think about friendships in that way. Like I have to be a whole friend yeah. to myself first yeah, before I can be a friend to someone else and have someone else think that they need me as a friend. Ooh. So that's kind of where... I've been in this growth process of relationships of faith, family, and friends is who is charity in friendship, baseline relationship. Who who am I? Who do I want to be as a friend? And yeah. who what kind of friends do I want? So that's been a, a big journey for me, especially isolated from my yeah. closest friends because I have friends all over the world, all over the state. Um, and my closest friends, and and it's so crazy because um, 
I don't know if we would consider each other the closest of friends. Yeah. But we always kind of uh-huh. gravitate back to one another. Yeah. And, and I was thinking about that. And I was like, what's my first memory of Latasha? And I don't know <laughs> if you remember this. Okay, tell me. I'm going to take it back to Charles Richard Drew. Uh-huh. I don't know what grade this was. But there was a talent show. Uh-huh. I did this talent show. And at the time I was a singer. Um, uh-huh. I was a cute babe. Uh, and I was supposed to sing a solo, but somehow or other I got some people to tag along with me. They kind of just joined along and I did this song. I sang a Tony Braxton, Tony Braxton song. Uh-huh. And after the talent show, you said to me, and, I, and I'm going to say this to you, and I did not take offense to it. It did not make me feel like less of a friend to you or anything. But I think this is why our friendship has grown and developed in the way it has. Uh-huh. Because I, I want to say you said that you did not vote for me. <laughs> why does that sound familiar? Oh, my God. Because you probably said, Shirley, I did not vote for you. And I was like, why? And you were like, because you just didn't have a passion. Like there wasn't, there was some energy missing. <laughs> like I just didn't feel it. Like, and I, oh my goodness. Today, I feel like that's why we're so sisters because you need those friends, you need those yeah. relationships where you're able to hold each other accountable accountable and be honest Mm -hmm. and not many people are available yes wholeheartedly honest with their friends to tell them like look I think you could do better yes you know okay wait wait I'm gonna pause first of all I could definitely hear myself saying that so I I 100% even if I don't remember it explicitly I probably did say it so I'm sorry but I love you you know that but it's like I'm I'm adjusting my crown a little bit because I mean you're just spitting facts and a lot of things one when you talk about like the isolation um and like enjoying being some what I sometimes call like being in waiting like that self-work that meal work that you have to do just to prepare yourself to have like quality relationships, whether it's familial or in a romantic relationship or partnership Mm -hmm. with your spouse, or if it's in your friendships, right? It's like, how are you Mm -hmm. making sure that you have yourself together? After I got married to Josh back in 2010, when we moved away, like I felt like that was like my pilgrimage because I was away from Miami, away from this life, so far, you know, growing up, and I really had to do some intense mirror work on myself. And now being back, like, I feel like I can serve people mm. um, way better than I, I'm in a better position to serve, serve people, to mm. be a better friend, to be a better sister, daughter, everything, because I was able to really do that mirror work and by mm-hmm. work on myself. But the thing you said about accountability, girl, I have a story of my own about you holding me accountable and and let me tell you it I one I give you so much credit because I remember this point in time (laughs) so I remember this point in time because you never know like the little things cause you to like pivot 
it's like almost like a fork in a row. And sometimes it's not explicit, but just one thing that happens, whether it's something somebody said or something, something that happens could really make you or force you to make a choice. And that choice can have lasting effects in your life. So mm. um, I think this was 11th grade, maybe 10th. I don't want to say 11th. We were in French class together. Remember uh, we took French together? Bon. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We took French and it was, we sat in the same row, like one behind each other. Um, and who was, was it you, me, Alex, Gerard? Yes. Mm-hmm. That moment. Child, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but you said what you need to do is focus on your work and stop being distracted. And I was like, damn, yeah, I do need to stop being distracted. And it was that moment. I was so distracted in high school. Like we went to an arts high school that was considered at the time and probably still is, you know, to be like a really great opportunity. We were coming from Drew being pulled into this very diverse space um, that we had to audition into. And we had all of these opportunities at our fingertips. And it wasn't until that moment. I remember it because it wasn't until that moment that I took it seriously. Really? When, yes, when you told me what you need to do <laughs> is focus on your work and take it seriously. I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm distracted. I need to get my ish together. And it was, oh my gosh, my whole high school life after that was so much better. I didn't care about no boys or no going to get food or skipping class and all the other crazy stuff that I was doing. Like I, I focused, I was so into my art like I actually studied I think I got a good grade that nine weeks like so your friends can really be they can adjust your crown or maybe even like smack you a little bit and say hey like get it together that's so funny that you say that because I have a friend one of my closest college friends and she will if we're having a conversation she'll say or I will say I'm about to smack you through the phone (laughs) <laughs> like that's like you need to get it together readjust how you're thinking right now yeah and that's that's kind of how we hold each other accountable and this is her name is Lindsay. she is a dancer and dance uh, educator um but she also we say to each other this is without expectation mm-hmm. so our friendship is without expectations like no matter what i do if i do something for you i'm not expecting you to do that in return for me and vice okay. versa it's a friendship And that's that kind of agape love. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm doing this for you because I love you and because I I want to do it for you, but not because I feel like I I need something back from you. And those are the kind of relationships that we look forward to. Mm -hmm. And you kind of, it's not that you expect them to do something, but you know, when you need something, they're going to be there. Yeah. They're going to provide the space for you to, to be who you are and do what you need to do for yourself. But when it comes, push the shove and they'll say, look, it's it's time for you to be smacked. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like the, the type of relationship that you are describing reminds me of the relationship that we have with Jesus. Like there's no expectation, right? We are saved by his grace and we, we, we can rest assured knowing that he will be there no matter what. No matter what. Providing the perspective when we need it, if we ask, right? 
Yes. And those are the types of friendships and relationships that we be, should be Because seeing. God will give you the ultimate snack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you are at least expecting it and you do something or say something. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, like, you know, <laughs> you were not in the right frame of mind. And it's so funny that you talk about high school because for some reason I was on this rabbit hole Tuesday yesterday uh-huh. <laughs> I was looking for one thing and I end up looking for other thing you know how you go down the rabbit yeah, hole you can't yeah. find something you find something else and I found my senior memories book oh okay and I uh I found all these cards from the, the artists from our class mm-hmm. and one thing that I struggle with as a friend is how can I be a better friend mm. and one of my issues and I know it's not an issue because we're talking about how great honesty is, but it's about how I prevent my honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like when you have a friend where you can smack each other around <laughs> verbally and you guys know, okay, that's just how, you know, we hold each other accountable. But when you don't know somebody that well, uh-huh. <laughs> that uh-huh. could come across differently. But I mean, I'm saying that, but I was reading these cards from people and they talked about this light that I mm. to have yeah. and how they feel when I'm around them. And it was good for me to read that because sometimes I know that I can be brutally honest and yeah. I'm not, I'm not understanding how I should prevent a, a, ju- a, a an acknowledgement of someone. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying it in the right way. And for people that I haven't seen in over 15 years to say your smile is makes things better. Yeah. It was just like a reinforcement to me, like charity, you're, you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. You can continue to try to be a better friend and a better person, but people see the light in you. Yeah. And you don't have to overthink it. Like mm-hmm. if your intentions are pure, it it manifests in some way. Sometimes um, we have to be intentional about it. And sometimes we don't. Right. It's mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Spoil fruit is spoil fruit. But good, <laughs> but good fruit is good fruit. Right. And yes, so like yeah. we always talk about like the bad part of that statement like you Mm -hmm. can't you can't deny spoiled fruit it's going to stink and rot anyway but then also Mm -hmm. you can't deny good fruit that comes from good Mm -hmm. soil it's going to be great regardless and so I know we got to give ourselves credit tell me about charity notes charity's notes oh Mm -hmm. okay this is 2021 at the beginning of 2020 I think I woke up in the middle of the night one day and was like, I'm going to start a blog. Yeah. And started off as something I did as a child. I do something I call shower notes. Like Mm -hmm. I'll write something on the shower, like something I'm just thinking. But as I've grown older and I now have two children, I have found that the shower is the best time in the world. Oh yeah, it's sacred. Nobody <laughs> disturbs the shower. Spend mm-hmm. an hour in the shower, and nobody will ask where you are. <laughs> oh yeah. So, literally, like the thoughts that I have in the shower 
have been the most profound thoughts. And I just wanted to write a blog about them. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that 2020 was a, a year for us. Oh, absolutely. Us. Mm-hmm. So the blog has, you know, gone underway a little bit. Um, but I have friends that are like, Charity, when are you going to blog again? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I'll find um, but it's literally, and I have notes in my phone, just one-liners that yeah. I think of randomly and I, I have my, I need to write it down. And so I wanted to blog about those ideas. Yeah. And so uh, with Charity's notes on, Charity's.notes on Instagram, um, what I want to do, that's why I, I believe you had reposted about the start again. Yeah. So again, with Charity's notes, was just like, just give out the notes, Charity. It doesn't have to be a blog. Mm-hmm. Just give out the notes because you have the notes and people there there are notes and ideas that people relate to yeah and I think in this time right now as people are going through their own types of quarantine what we are realizing is that everybody is going through a similar environment a similar thought process mindset and the thing is we just don't talk about it yeah a a lot of times because I've had um, conversations with friends about maybe our parents and um, certain things that we went through as children and never having talked to our parents about it yeah but we never talked to another person to understand like Oh, we had the same experience living in separate households. Yeah. And yeah. when are we going to garner the, the courage to talk to our parents and say, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you said this to me. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, in Black households, I don't think we really do that. It's kind no. of like your parents say, I said what I said, and that's it. And I think now I'm finding a lot of adults. Black women who mm-hmm. are finally finding the, the courage in their oh, voices yeah. to say, Ma, Dad, uh, look here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this affected me. I'm, I'm 30 something years old, and what you said when I was 10 still affects me. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I love about Charity's notes is that there's something very internal and spiritual about it. Mm that is living in the external world that's relatable, which I feel like it's like, it's undeniably relatable. You know what I mean? Mm. Like sometimes people produce things and you can tell that it's produced, right? Mm. It's like, oh, here's this thing, whether it's on social media, blogs, whatever. And I can tell that you crafted it and there's nothing Mm. wrong with, with creation. But what I think you've tapped into is this very like, authentic naked spiritual Mm. thing that's so simple right (laughs) you can't it's like it's undeniably relatable right because it's just that simple um and and it's and it's something that I feel like we should all aspire to like when we think about these nuggets of wisdom or things that come to our mind I think it's like almost like divine intervention right Mm. like what is being what is being spoken to us or being like planted in us and how are we how are we like taking it out without like taking it out and putting it in the world 
demonstrating it to the world, whether it's through service or through notes or through writing it down or through social media in a way that's so authentic that it's undeniable. And mm-hmm. I feel like you've really like, I don't know, you've done that. Thank you. <laughs> First yeah. of all. And, you know, I, I have to give credit to my parents for naming me charity because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, there, there's something about the naming process that you, I guess, as a parent, you like you don't know what, what's going to happen with your kids. Yeah, um, you name them <laughs> what you name them, and then uh-huh. you hope for the best. Um, but I, I was talking to a, another friend of mine, and she, she, you know, sometimes you have cheerleaders. Yeah, <laughs> and we all need like, charity's note, charity's note, love note. <laughs> They are love notes and, you know, love notes from, from the spirit, from God, from internal love notes that we just need to, to hear, to see. And, and sometimes the love note can be a smack in the face. And I think mm-hmm. when we think of love, we, we want to think of the, the horse-drawn carriage and the castle. Yeah. You know, Anita Baker said it best, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the fairy tales are, are not always true. You have to work for the fairy tale. And that's something that especially we learn in marriage is that yeah. it's not, you know, we can make it look good, mm-hmm. but it's not always pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, but it's pretty to the people in the relationship. Ah. Because you know how you till the soil. You yep. know what seeds you planted. You know how often you've had to water it. Mm-hmm. So what you present to others, yes, it looks, you know, d- delectable. Yeah, <laughs> it looks and it beautiful. should because of all and that it work. Should. But you know, and your partner knows, like we till the soil, <laughs> you know, and we, we plow and we don't look back. And I think that's the important thing is that mm-hmm. you look back to see the growth, but you don't look back to go back in the dirt, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love <laughs> you, that. You just keep keep going forward. Like, oh, you know me. And my husband and I, Robert, we, we've talked about some deep things that we've had to go through while we we're dating. And now it's like when you were dating and you go through that stuff, it's like the end of the world. But when you've been married nine years, you talk about it, you're like, we went through that? <laughs> it's like more like, I remember when? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and you hurt me, but. <laughs> but we good now. So we good now. And so, and I think that's the part about relationships in general especially partnerships and marriages that people Mm -hmm. don't get to see often it's like we are we are tilling soil consistently all the time and what you see is the flower but we're the farmers Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah we're dirty we're gritty and you know we try to make it look pretty and we don't even try to make it look pretty god makes it look the way he wants it to look i feel that but we're doing the work, you know. Yeah. We plant the seed. We plant the seed and let God do the work. My husband likes to say that we we plant the seed and let God do the work. And sometimes it looks like we've been tilling soil. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it looks like a, a beautiful picture in a frame. <laughs> yeah, but the work is necessary. The work is necessary, and I don't think people that you, you know. Well, one of this is on the topic, but uh, <laughs> one of my pet peeves 
uh, of social media is when people post the uh, the things, and I, I've done this on my blog just because. <laughs> um, post the the picture of like some random person they don't know, all up on like a, a male and female usually. Yeah, they're all hugged up on each other, and they're like me and somebody's son. <laughs> That is the, I hate that so much. I don't uh-huh. know. I mean, I understand why. Because it looks pretty. It but it ain't like pretty. that. <laughs> it ain't like that. I don't want you hugged up on me. Okay? You can sit right there. I can sit right here. We in love with each other. We love each other's yeah. face. But it's hot. <laughs> and my pastor um, <laughs> in the church we attend up here, he always says the best thing a marriage can have is square footage. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Mm-hmm. And Robert and I, we lived in a one-bedroom part- apartment for uh, the first three years of our marriage, and it was the hardest time. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, the hardest time. But now we have, I'm, I'm in heaven right now. We call this from heaven. Yeah, so we have a heaven, and if we need some space, it's like I'm going to heaven. But we also one thing we started in the new year mm-hmm. is that we we've always prayed in the mornings. But yeah. I like to come to heaven to have uh, isolated time with my me and in God. Yeah, and I am I invited Robert to heaven one day, and it has become like this thing where I will come up and then. 10 minutes later, he's like, did you pray yet? <laughs> <laughs> so we get to share heaven together. So it's been uh, really Oh, fun. that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Whenever I pray with Josh, I'd be like, okay, baby, you ready to pray? And he was like, you got it. <laughs> he'll like hold my hand and he'll put his head down. I'm like, mm-hmm, you got it. And so I'm, I'm the prayer. I say the words, but I take the request. Okay. That's, I mean, but you, that's the thing about relationships. You have to know who does what, Yeah. Mm-hmm. who's the quarterback, who's the receiver, you know, yeah. who's the linebacker. Like we got positions, we have roles. Exactly. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. And sometimes those roles switch, mm-hmm. but you have to understand the team. Yeah. Like what's, what's the team? The goal of the team is to win. Right. Now, sometimes we're going to have to switch positions, you know, <laughs> Uh-huh. That got deep. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to be able to communicate and see what the other person needs yep. in order to make the team work. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what relationships are all about. Like what does it and I think you know one thing uh I think I I text you or called you uh last year yeah and a friend of ours, ours passed away mm-hmm. and um and he's been all in my thoughts recently yeah okay <laughs> As it actually um I saw a picture of you were doing his makeup and I don't know I'm all over the place yeah black history his makeup month. for the black history month mm-hmm. and so for you to talk about how you grew in high school after that conversation yeah um and then to see what you did with black history month that year I think that was the senior year or something like that. Um, But, you know, going back to what I was talking about, I texted you and I I think I asked, like, when can I call you? And you were like, I'm more of a texter. And that's important to know about your friends, too. Oh, yeah. Because some people want to talk for hours. (laughs) Some people just want to text. 
And so it's important to know what your friends need, just like in a relationship. Some people just need a text. Mm-hmm. Some people need a conversation. Some people need to see you face to face and have a coffee or a dinner or a lunch. So when you have growing friendships, it's important to know, like, what does this friend individually need? Yeah. Because every friend does not need the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's important. It's just like love languages. Yeah. Know? Getting to know and that's that's hard. I think that's the difficult part of friendships and relationships because you kind of have to rid yourself and learn different people and what they need out of you. And yeah. that, that's a growth process in itself. I hear you. So why don't you give us the last word? What are your three affirming words for 2021? So uh I'm going to give you these three words, and this is going back to the beginning of our conversation about how our, our first memories of each other, and you telling me that I, you needed more passion and, and things like that. And I just thought about that on top of these words, because you, you weren't the last person to tell me. <laughs> like, it's something that I, I am sometimes very gray. <laughs> I like to be in, in the middle, and I've I've had a... Uh, a professor tell me that I'm very timid. Um, but this year for 2021, I am expecting and hoping to be bigger, better, and bolder in everything that I do. <laughs> hey, Zaynab. Hi. Welcome to Crown the Podcast. I'm super excited to have you on today. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you allowed me to be here with you. I, I love your podcast and, you know, what you're trying to do, just yeah. the movement you're trying to create. So I'm glad to be a part of it. Absolutely. So why don't you tell the Crown family a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Anna Kahara. And I currently uh, live in Canada. I live in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. I've been here for about five years, but I am from the United States. I'm from Atlanta, spent almost 20 years there. And I am a career specialist. Hmm. And the core of what I do is I help people um, pretty much on their career journey, figure out what it is that they want to do, figure out if what they're doing aligns with them, kind of answer those difficult questions that we tend to avoid when we're trying to figure out what we want to do career-wise. And then I also um, do resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn profiles. I do interview coaching. So everything that will help you with a major significant part of your life, which is your, which is your job. I love that. So one, I didn't, I knew you worked in like career development, Uh but it wasn't until I saw your website that I saw like the breadth of (laughs) your expertise. And so I was like, I absolutely need you on the podcast for the mind section. Um, And it just aligns with my personal goals when it comes to like body, mind and soul, the mind. And so for me right now, I am thinking about how I can very intentionally craft my ideal like career situation. Like, as you said, you know, we spend a significant part of our lives working and it's Mm. important that, you know, it aligns with like your purpose and why you exist and, you know, the thing, what you spend your time doing. 
And this year, I just want to be very intentional about that. And yeah. so why don't you tell the folks like things like for people like me, when we're, mm-hmm. when you're in this space, what are some things that we should be thinking about? Sure. So I'll give my, use myself as an example because um, I didn't start off when I graduated college, like a lot of people who are privileged to go to college, I didn't um, start in the career, uh, career that I am now. So mm. I was a business major and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just wanted to make money like most of us do, right? Because <laughs> we're tired of being college broke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what ended up coming um, of that time, so I officially became a career specialist, um, I want to say in 2017. And it was just really because I had the role, the doors were not opening for me in terms of just pursuing the things that I went to school for. Um, I had a master's in um, student affairs counseling and I wasn't able to get a job. And so I had to do a lot of reflecting and asking myself what it is that I really want to do, you know, Um, what am I good at? And so I went back and I looked at everything that I had had um, blessed to be uh, a part of or accomplish. And I was like, the thing that had always brought me fulfillment was opportunities to help other people to be of service. One of the things that I've learned about myself this year or in 2020 is that one of my love languages is acts of service. And so Mm -hmm. when I give you my time, it's an expression of love. So in terms of figuring out where I wanted to be, I had to ask myself the question, do I know what it is that I actually want to do? And I think that that is where people should start in that Mm. evaluation phase, right? So I could easily be like, well, think about what you're really good at and start there. But sometimes the thing that we're really good at isn't the thing that we really want to do because a Mm. lot of us have been trained and crafted to be really good at stuff, but it's not giving us the fulfillment that we want. So our thought process has to be more about what is fulfilling for us. So some of the questions um, that I would say, or some of the things that you want to do is like evaluate number one, where you are as a professional right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I recommend creating a process of um, curiosity. So start asking questions that you normally ignore and, and allow yourself to kind of go off get lost, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that there is um, a spiritual as- aspect of creativity. And in order to get into that space, you have to be willing to let go of needing to know the answers right now, right? Mm. So be curious. Brene Brown talks about that a lot. Yeah, I love her. Can you give us examples of like the types of questions? Yes, yes, yes. So one question I had um, noted was, is is my career serving me in the capacity that it should right now? Yeah. Am I getting, um, so we're talking about the mind, we're talking about thought right now. So am I getting a mental um, satisfaction that I need, but am I also getting the emotional and physical? Physical can be, am I working in the conditions that I want to work in? Yeah. Is the schedule suiting me the way that it should? Right, because when those things don't work out, it drains us and yeah. we're not able to be productive. We're not able to give our all. Our all. So ask that question. Um, right now in my life, what do I need to feel fulfilled and 
complete in my career. The reason why I emphasize right now is that we are evolutionary beings. Mm. So we're always evolving. We're always changing. And what you wanted five years ago is not what you wanted right now. Like, for instance, having children. When you started your career, you didn't have any children. You weren't married, but now you do. So now your life is about how can I be fulfilled and also make sure my family's okay. And I'm, I feel complete within myself because I know my family's okay. Right. Yeah. And then again, what would it do for me if I were to achieve a job that fulfills me mentally, emotionally, and physical? Mm -hmm. So that comes from focusing on what the end result would look like. What is the ultimate result that you're trying to achieve? And then you can eventually, you can kind of work your way back. Back, And it gives you something that's achievable, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love (laughs) hearing you talk about one, the spiritual aspect of creativity. Yes. Connecting like what you're doing and, and like almost like deciding like, is this fulfilling Yes. My needs. Yes. Um, but those needs are the spiritual, mental, and physical. Yes. Yes, exactly. And a, a lot of times we, because we live in a social media age and everything is like accomplishment focused, like we only see the accomplishment, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, our vision of what we're looking for can be a little bit misguided because we're using external factors to help us decide but when you come from a spiritual place it causes it it almost um I don't want to say forces but it naturally inclines you to think about what it is who you are as a person as a spiritual being and then you can lead better in that direction versus seeing what somebody else has because you work so hard to get what somebody else has and then you're like I'm not still not happy yeah (laughs) That didn't work. Yeah, that is so true. Like, I do feel, okay, so you know, with a crowned um, platform, Mm -hmm. I believe that we are royalty. Like, we are queens by birth, right? Yes. Um, And part of the responsibility of being a queen is moving in your purpose. And so when I hear you, like, just talk about that alignment of the body, mind, and soul, the physical, mental, and physical, um, spiritual, spiritual, yeah. When, when deciding or making decisions for the career, the job that you want, I, I think that that is like a great manifestation of moving with your purpose, right? Because you have to make decisions on whether or not you're fulfilling those needs in your parts of the self. Yes. And I was listening to, um, it was Oprah and T.D. Jakes. Mm-hmm. And this woman was talking about how she was just really not happy with her job, but she couldn't figure out what it is that she wanted to do. And he said, you're at that roadblock because you're putting so much energy into something that doesn't suit you, that it's literally draining you. Mm-hmm. So by the time you go to sit down and evaluate what it is that you want to do, you don't have nothing enough left in the tank. Yeah. So when we allow, when we, we obviously can't abandon our jobs, but we can at least uh, come to a place spiritually where we say, you know, God or the creator or the universe, help me find a place of peace where I can make the best decision for me, lead me in the right direction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Help me because right now I don't necessarily have everything that I need to get to where I'm going. And it helps relieve 
some of that burden that we're carrying that we're not even aware that we're carrying, you know? Yes, yes. It reminds me of that um, Erica Badu song, Bag Lady. Mm, like, girl. like pack light. Yes. <laughs> like, and, and sometimes you just have to like you really evaluate, right? Evaluate yeah. like what am I carrying that I should not be carrying? Um, and sometimes in that reflection, you need divine intervention to make sure yes. that you are um kind of breaking it down to what I call like the basics. Yes. Of like what you need. And I just I just love how you how you described and explained like the reflection process I yes think that that's really really crucial and I oftentimes think that I mean we can do the same things for lots of parts of our lots of different parts of our lives yes I haven't heard it um described the way you described it for a career because oftentimes mm. we talk about like the the financial aspect like how do we yes. how do I get a job to make the money I need to live the life I want versus how do I make sure that my job positions me to live the life that I want so I love that right right and I think the faith part of it is you know I working I, I used to work in HR and you know in corporate environments anything about religion or spirituality is like a taboo right we don't yeah. want to talk about that but I don't think that that is a fair or realistic expectation because you know, one of the things that came to me as I was helping a client is that getting a job is a faith walk. Like mm. you come in, you have this expect, you're applying for jobs, right? Let's say you see this company, company X, and then on the surface, it looks like they have everything you want. You can work the hours that you want to work, da, 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 da. you know, or you're, or, or maybe not the hours, you know, the hours right away, but like based on their website, everything looks great. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I got to get this job. This is great. Right. But the reality is that you actually don't know what you're walking into. Mm. How many times have we walked into a situation where on the surface it looked great and then we got there and it was a burning fire. Yeah. And this is after you have vetted it yourself and <laughs> asked them questions, right? Yes. So being okay with embracing the unknown and trusting that and releasing the burden of having to figure it out on yourself you, in my experience, has manifested the, the better outcome for me instead of me trying to, you know, lead it on my own course and, 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 and tell myself that I, I have it all together and I know everything, the, it's going to work out the way that I thought it is and so on and so forth, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. I don't know, girl. I love that. Especially I had to write it down. Like <laughs> getting a job is a faith walk. It's a faith That's walk. a word. Like you need to, to pin that. Cause that makes yeah. sense to me. Cause I had a, I had a, I had a client who had been applying for jobs and they just felt so defeated. And, and I, I want to mention something else about just that defeated feeling, but mm-hmm. um, I, it just came to me. I was like, you've already decided that this is a place for you and you have no indication if that is or not. You're actually not going to know until you report day one. Yeah. You know, so maybe it doesn't suit you to beat yourself up that you got rejected from this place because it probably may not have been the right place for you. Yeah. There are times when we miss out on good opportunities, but again, we don't know if based on who we are and where we are, if we were aligned with that, we were going to really align with that company, you know? 
Yeah. So the thing that I want to mention about the getting discouraged thing, and this is also part of the thought process thing that I tell people is that when you're on your job search, one of the things that you need to ask yourself is how am I going to support myself emotionally through this process, mentally Mm. and emotionally process, right? Because you're going to get a lot more no's and you get yeses, right? Yeah. And very often people internalize the no's as rejection Mm. and they say something's wrong with me I did something wrong right and so when I tell people allow yourself to to grieve and be upset and be disappointed but also have one of the things I give my clients is uh uh it's called a um, healing toolkit so what are some of the things that you can give to you can set in place for yourself to help you heal from the disappointment and the and the right and that realigns you and that gets you remotivated again and you can snap back into your to your to your job search because it's gonna go up and down it yeah, is yeah you know so how can you how can you heal through this process you know what can you do to help yourself heal I love that. I love that. Like, look, you're so brilliant. I don't know. I'm like fangirling over here because things like healing and emotional alignment and making the like spiritual aspect of creativity are not phrases and words and things that we often associate with work or career. And to hear you like describe the fusion of both of those is fascinating to me. Thank you so much. And I honestly... I was the, I was the, the test, you know, I was the experiment because I went through a time where I had, we live, we operate in a capitalist driven workforce, right? So Mm -hmm. we really looked more as a metric or a number on a piece of paper and we become conditioned to think that that is who we are as a a working person. So I, in my head, I was like, well, why can't I get back into the workforce? Like, why is this taking so long? You know, what is happening? What is wrong with me? And that was devastating because I put so much of of my worth and who I was as a person into the job I had, the title I had, you know, how much money I made. And so when God was like, you can't have none of that stuff. I was like, why? (laughs) I want to go mad, you know? <laughs> yeah. But what actually happened is I had to experience a major loss in order for me to realize that I was I was um, placing my value in the wrong things. Mm-hmm. So for me now, um, and I can share just candidly, I was pregnant in 2018 and... Um, my husband and I, we had a late-term pregnancy loss. So our baby was like at around 25, 27 weeks when we found out he had passed away. Mm-hmm. And so when I was going through my healing process, one of the things that I realized was that the work environment that I was in, although it paid me a lot of money and I really didn't, you know, it, it fulfilled like those financial things, mm-hmm. it didn't support me emotionally uh, mentally or spiritually. And so I was carrying all this stuff while I was pregnant. I'm not saying that that contributed to my loss, but it didn't help either. Yeah. And so I decided I'm going to be asking the questions that I mentioned earlier about what do I need? You know, what, what type of career serves me in the way that I needed to serve me. Yeah. And so now, um, when COVID happened, 
I actually got laid off. I was like, okay, God, we good now. I'm about to do this. <laughs> because I had already I had already identified that the space that I was in was not serving me. And some people may take a job loss. Obviously, when you have financial responsibilities, that's it's not like, okay, I'll be all right. You know, you have to worry a little bit, but mm-hmm. I looked at it as God had been constantly sending me messages and 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 just lessons that where I was what I was doing was not really suiting me the way that I needed it to suit me and so I just kind of embraced that loss of my job as an opportunity for me to something to create what it is that I really want to do and that's another thing that people need to look at when they are on the search for a new job or a new career or let's say you know what you want to do but you're just not sure how you're going to do it don't look at hurdles like maybe losing your job or getting rejected as a no just look at it as it's part of your journey you're something you're going to learn from this just keep moving you know I hope that made sense oh you're (laughs) making perfect sense and I just want to thank you for your vulnerability your honesty and your expertise in this area because I think Mm. it's so profound and so needed like Mm, right now thank you in 2021 um, yeah, especially for <laughs> for Black women, um, one of the things that I have also learned is that a lot of us, our mortality rates, honestly, are so high, not necessarily because of the physical conditions that we're putting on ourselves, it's the mental and the spiritual, in the, in the yes. uh, emotional. Yes. We stress and worry ourselves to death, and a mm-hmm. lot of that is because of generational trauma that keeps passing on. Mm -hmm. And so part of this conversation for me is about helping women, specifically black women, to find a place that is going to really support them so that they don't have to have a burden of their personal life and their career. Like it's just, I'm almost 40 and I just remember reflecting back at my elders and some of the, many of them died young. My mom died when she was 50 and I'm like, why? Mm, yeah. And a lot of it was because she was carrying so much. Yeah. And it, and it, it just destroyed her body. And I want us to stop doing that, you know? So yeah. your, your podcast is a great facilitator of that because it creates conversations mm-hmm. of healing. It's not just about information. This is a healing process that we're going through right now. You know, I love that girl. My heart right now is so full. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share. Of course. Thank you for being on the pod. Like this was so much fun and informative, but also in healing and profound. I don't know. I am running out of words, but oh thank you. It's it's more than I could have imagined. And I'm oh. really grateful for you. Can thank you? you. Let us know. We'll end off with your affirmations or goals for 2021. Yeah. So the goal I would say for myself is, and I've been sharing this on like my personal social media, is to be more intentional about loving myself in my own love language. So uh, like I mentioned, acts of service. So things that I can do to serve myself, my time. My t- now that I figured out that my time is like gold, I'm very much like, okay, 
you want some of my time this is a gift okay <laughs> this is a high cost because my time is very important to me and then also just words of affirmation so learning how to navigate self-limiting talk and 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 being very critical of myself um so that's a um a major goal and i think if i were to to wear that as an affirmation um i would say in alignment with, with with just the career journey that many of us are going through it's a, it requires a lot of decision making processes right so whatever you decide make sure it makes you happy hi jasmine hi how you doing how are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. good. Excited to be here. Great. I'm excited to have you. You were definitely <laughs> on the top of my list um, to have very, on the Very, very, very flattered. Very flattered. So welcome to Crowned. Um, introduce yourself to the folks. Sure. So I am Jasmine Peralta. I am originally from Miami, Florida, and now live in New Jersey, or what I call New York City Annex. Um, I literally... Uh, live in New Jersey, but work in Brooklyn, right? So I, that's why I, I commute a lot. I'm not recently given the pandemic. Um, I'm a right. mother. I'm a mother of two beautiful children um, and who are constantly challenging me. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, I'm a partner. I'm a partner to a beautiful woman that I am excited and thrilled to be getting married to. Um, and I'm a child of God and I yeah, I'm all of those things and more, you know, so that's a little bit about who I am. Yeah. And you're doing all of those things excellently and gracefully. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Doing the best is, I can. Yeah. One of the many reasons why I wanted you on the pod. Um, mm-hmm. The other reason that I think like rises to the top is that I admire you so much. Mm-hmm. Um you're gonna make me get emotional Jesus it's okay it's it's the space for that but no I admire you so much because you're just badass at it you know what I mean like you know some people like they do a lot of stuff but then it's like they look like they're floundering and drowning at Mm -hmm. the same time Mm -hmm. you never look like anything is hard like it just looks so easy and fun when you do it and so I was like, Jasmine, and you know, I love talking to you. Every time we talk, it's like hours and hours true, and hours. True, true. We learn um, so much from each other. Yes, for sure. Right. Which is, you know, very important when mm-hmm. you're building a community or you have like your people, your circle, and you're definitely in my circle. So I'm glad that we get to learn same, from each same, other. Same. For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, one thing that I, like I said before, you, when you do it, it looks easy. It looks fun does it feel that way it does and I think a reason for that is I have a rule for myself right I don't add things to my life that are not going to bring me joy oh I love that or or something that I'm looking forward to or excited about um Mm. if it does if it feels like a chore then it's not fun right it's not fun it's not exciting um which is why if I'm not excited to talk about it, because usually when you sign up to do something, that initial excitement will wear off. But what is going to sustain you is kind of Mm -hmm. what I think about when I think about, am I going to extend myself to do this? 
it, after six months from now, a year from now, am I still gonna be excited about this? And if the answer is maybe or no, then maybe we should not be doing that. Um, maybe we should not be investing in that because then I'm thinking about if I'm doing that, where, where am I taking from to do that? That I'm not so excited about, you know? So I tend to think about things that way. And so if I look at the current things that are on my plate, I have a hard time saying no to one of these things because I'm so excited about all these things because they each contribute very uniquely to my life and who I am. And they align very well to my values, right? And so I think that is the second rule that I have for myself. How does this align to who I am? And how does it speak to my character, my person, my values, what I care about? What are your values? Well, I care about people. I love people. I love to talk to people. I learned so much from just having simple conversations with humans, um, which aligns with my work. um, Right. So I I work for a a Pratt Institute, which is an art and design school. um, And I've learned so much in working. Before that, I had never worked in a private um, university before. So Mm. it was nice to work in a very different setting that had a completely different kind of set of rules but that I still was able to get the higher education feel. There I work for um, the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion and I get to work with people, right? Um, Who really care about change and want to bring change but just kind of need the how-to of how to do that. And so I get to do that with people. And so to see the investment and to see the joy of, I worked extremely hard for this and look at this fruitfulness of what I did is is the epitome of the reward of my job. Um, because uh-huh. it is hard, right? Because working for diversity, equity, and inclusion is a hard work for people of color because it's very personal. But to see the reward right. is my cup of tea. Like that's where I, I'm excited. That's what I. That's what keeps me going. So that's one of the ways that I align my values to who I am. So I love people. I love caring for people. Listening and empowering people is those are my values right there. I really care about just human beings as, as, as holistically as possible. I think that's one of the aspects that makes me welcoming to people is that there's nothing that you can tell me that I'm going to judge you about because you're human. And that's, these are the unique things that make you a human. So that's that's what I love about um, people mostly. Um, It's just, we are all very different. We're not even regardless of the similarities we have, we're still very different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. It doesn't surprise me <laughs> that you center people as one of your values mm-hmm. because um, just from what I know of you and how you move, mm-hmm. you're a very like caring person. Mm-hmm. Try to be, for and sure. <laughs> in a like frou-frou nurturing, like, you know, some of those people that hover and mother, you're not like that. Mm-hmm. You're more of like, when you move and even when you hold people accountable, you do it in a way that's like, I'm doing this because I care for you. I care for your person. It's always out of love for Um, sure. Right. And it's not out of like, you know, just to get things done. Or punitive or, or, or it's not, it's always comes from a place of like, I know this about you. Like, I know you can Mm -hmm. do this, that kind of, I'm literally cheering you on. (laughs) Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Oh yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell a story about a time Mm -hmm. you held me accountable and cheered me on at the same time. Okay. So, um, so not only are we really great friends from Mm -hmm. college, but we're also sorority sisters and, um, I was serving on our sorority's national board. 
I was getting off of the board. Like I was finishing my term Mm -hmm. to start graduate school, which, you know, which inspired me to do because you're getting your doctorate too. We could talk about that later. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was thinking about running for another term and you were like, yeah, that's not in your plan though. (laughs) Like the way you just like, you shut it down. Like you shut me down and say like, this was not in your plan. It's not you're good. You don't have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know how many friends and people won't do that? Like they'll just right. cheer you on and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump over that cliff and die. Right. <laughs> right. right. But your accountability and even like your sternness in that moment was so filled with love. And it was exactly what I know I needed to keep me focused. Right. right. I, I mean, to- I tried to live and be the friend that I want. Right. So for me, I heard these are the things that you want to accomplish for yourself. And um, you're telling me you want a doctorate. And I'm looking at you like, you've served your time. You've done your job. You've done it well. You've done it in a way that is sustainable, right? So the change that you've brought is not something that is only unique to you, right? It's something that you were very intentional of making sure it was sustainable and can be carried out. You're not leaving the org as much as I would have loved to continue to be in leadership with you, I also want to make sure that yeah. there's balance in your life and that you're able to accomplish your your things and what you want. And and I didn't want for you to feel, because I know that pool of, of feeling responsible. I know it's, it's a hard, hard mm-hmm. balance, but I was like, nah, she needs this time to take care of Latasha. Like, you know what I mean? Like she needs it. <laughs> and if I, and I mean, I'm also yeah. not afraid to be, you know, the asshole if necessary, <laughs> like to be the one like, hey, you can't do this right now. Yeah, I'm not yes. afraid of being that. So who's that? Who in your life is oh, that for you? That's my partner. Uh, my partner, yeah, ah. she is that for me. Um, even before um, before we met, it's like when you meet someone who's a mirror to you, like you look in the mirror and you're like, dang, like why? And they get under your skin, but you like it, right? Like you know that you need yep. this person in your life. That's how yeah. it was with me and her from the very beginning. And she's still that person for me. And I think I'm that person for her as well. But for me, I I had all these things that I wanted to accomplish and ideas and thoughts. And even when it comes to like accountability and just more of my convictions and those and those values. And sometimes, you know, the world can make you feel like you're alone in those feelings or you're alone in those thoughts or, or goals that you want to set. And then you meet someone yeah. who's like, actually you're not wrong. And this is how you can do that. Mm. Or, you know, this is how you can accomplish that. Look at the big picture. And it just brings a very unique perspective is that person. She is that person for me. And um, yeah, you can't, it's, it's, it's invaluable. Like you can't let that go. Right. You need that. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you, you're definitely one of those people too, for me. Um, there's very little people in my life. Um, Cause I keep a very, mm close tight-knit um I have another me too, I have some friends from my job like colleagues or who are who do that for me as well who hold me not just accountable but also um hold hold you true and authentic to who you are which I think is very important um and then of course there's other members of our sorority who like do that for me um as well in various different ways both like on the mental health care of ourselves and our physical health care, but also like thinking around um, just accountability of who you are. I think for me and what you know of me, it took me a long time to get to a place to be my full authentic self and not feel like I had to hide or excuse or even apologize for it. And so now I have friends who are like, 
but that's not who you are. So let's go back to that. Cause I kind of yeah. like that person. And that's, that's what, sometimes you need that affirmation, you know? Absolutely. I love that you're talking about authenticity because you're probably one of the most authentic people mm-hmm. I know. And you know, I hate fake people. <laughs> yes. Like I just cannot, I have mm-hmm. no time or patience for the falseness. Yeah, the phony ain't right. <laughs> we ain't kidding. good with the phony. No. No, it's not. Um, but sometimes, not but, and sometimes it's hard to to like maintain your authenticity in different spaces. Yeah. So like, you know, like the part of my platform is this idea of wearing many right. crowns and doing many things and you have all you have to be so many things to so mm-hmm. many people in so many spaces like how do you how do you <laughs> jasmine like maintain jasmine through all I think of it that goes back. even when it becomes challenging yeah, it is challenging it is yeah. definitely challenging because so many things contribute to feeling safe to do those things feeling affirmed to do those things so i think um for me it goes back to what i said earlier about finding and joining and creating spaces that affirm that authenticity where it makes you feel like you don't have to navigate the safety or the comfort because you are able to be your true self in all of these spaces. So that that way it's never, you never have to negotiate it, right? It's always okay. Um, So I think for me, it took me a long time to find that. And I'm telling you that once you do, it's it's like a breath of fresh air because it's one less stress you have to worry about. Um, and surround yourself with people who not only uplift that authenticity, mm-hmm. but are also holding you true to it, right? Because I think, like you said, it's yeah. it's extremely challenging, and you will you will lose yourself, you will forget, you will forget how far you've come. And so, when you have those people in your community that are like, "Hey, mm, this is not who you say you are. This is not what I know of you." That's the moment when you're like, "Thank you," right? Like, I appreciate that because. I forgot, but I'm back now. So thank you, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so I think those yeah. are it. And just, and just being honest, like um, in my job, I am, I am very privileged and that to have, a, to have an extremely supportive supervisor who took me under her wing, but also allowed me to be 100% myself. And even to the point where like, when we're having conversations with people and they're like, oh, we would like to talk to Jasmine about this. She measures them as like, well, this is what Jasmine is going to say to you. Are you ready for that? Mm -hmm. So she holds people accountable to my level of, of, of value and um, honesty and and explains to them, this is what you're getting. Are you ready for that? Because, and she even mitigates and and intercepts because she understands that not everybody's ready. I think one of my biggest things that took me a long time to accept of myself is not everyone is ready for my level of honesty. Right. Um, and that's That's a word word. and it took me a long time (laughs) because I always felt like I had to dim my honesty in order to be okay in spaces. And I, and I realized I don't have to do that. There's people who are Mm. ready, need it and want to hear it. Right. And those are the people I want in my circle. And those are the people who also hold you accountable. Right. Because you're, they're mirroring the behavior that you're putting out there. So that's kind of how I do that. I like that, Jasmine. That's a word. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. You know, everybody ain't for everybody, but it ain't. You gotta still gotta stay true to you. So how mm-hmm. how are you taking care of yourself now in this very tumultuous world? Oh, it's been a challenge, my child, oh, my friend. Um, so we are all four of us are working we're working remotely. So we have mm-hmm. two children who are both 
One's in uh, first grade and the other one is in fourth grade. Our fourth grader, he's fine. He's doing great. I mean, life is fantastic. All right. He's the nice. tech help in his class. He's doing great. Our first grader. So just imagine you're learning how to read and how to use a computer at the same time. <laughs> okay. So that's, oh, wow. That's the challenge that we have. Yeah. Um, and then my partner and I were both full-time employees. So, and then I do trainings. I have to have these meetings and it's, it's just a lot. So it, it was challenging. And I think for the first First two and a half months, it took us a while to find our routine. So our home literally functions with routines. And um, we have good. a child who has, who's on the spectrum and, you know, routines really help our, ch- our child who's on the spectrum know what's coming, what's not to come. And the, the pandemic threw that routine out the window. And so we had to re- like recreate a routine that's comfortable and flexible enough to kind of go with the everyday um, and right. be okay when things don't necessarily go as planned. And I think yeah. that was the biggest challenge for us was not necessarily being all together in the home, but letting go of what we were so used to and comfort and made our lives so easy and then adapting a new one. Once we adapted a new plan and we're more flexible and, and, and also saying, I need help. I'm not doing well. I need time out. I need to go for a walk. I need to take five minutes is what ha- has helped us throughout this time because it is hard. It is extremely hard yeah. because there's no balance, right? And then that routine becomes so um, re- remote, like literally very robotic. So thinking around every day, you do the same thing because mm-hmm. we're not going outside. We're not, we're, our children are missing their, they have it, they are going to school with a teacher they haven't physically met. Yeah. And students tough. that they haven't, it's tough. It's, it's very hard. And I live in a household full of extroverts. Um, so that's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard it's very hard um so yeah we've been trying to do our best and every day we learn something new um what I do appreciate of this time has been that I get to see my children learn in the classroom like there's things about them that I didn't know like you don't get to see that part of what they're learning how they're learning what what excites them what doesn't what are their challenges um what are things that they want to ask questions about so I think for me as an educator that was that's the exciting part for me that's the nerd part of me where I get to sit there and so like the other day, they are preparing for Thanksgiving, right? And they're having conversations. And my daughter was in art class building a headdress. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. And then my, <laughs> my son was like, you know what? Your teacher should watch Frozen 2 if they really <laughs> want to know how this works. And I was very, as a parent, I was like, you know, clapping. Yes. I was like, yes, this is oh, what yes. this is about. Because I don't want it to be like our imposed values on our kids. Oh, right? yeah. At one point, these things have to be real for them in order for them to carry that on for themselves, because then it's not real, right? It's, it's something that my mom or, or my parents or my dad or so-and-so imposed on us, and it doesn't necessarily become our own values because someone else imposed them on us. And so one day we're like, actually, that's not what I believe in, but that's what I, it was very nice to see that he understood and that he also put it in a way that our daughter, who was younger, could understand. Like when, when he said, your teacher needs to watch Frozen 2, she was like, oh, that, you know, it made sense. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I couldn't have done that part, but I appreciate the, the, the assist, you know, for I sure. I mean, so a couple of things sparked for me as a mom. I mean, we're both mm-hmm. mothers, but I'm so sure. anti-routine in my yeah. regular life. I had to yes. learn how to set a routine for my sons because it's hard it's yeah hard. I hate children it too, thrive so. off of routine and you know mm-hmm. it was a learning for me but then 
one thing that I can say that I'm doing right is like breaking the cycle of Mm -hmm. imposing Mm -hmm. um, like values and norms and things Mm -hmm. on your children without Mm -hmm. letting them just be free to be themselves and figure it out themselves. Mm -hmm. My son is such a free spirit and every day he surprises me with the things Mm -hmm. that he says and like his meaning making as he talks Mm -hmm talks through like life in general mm-hmm. and that's probably the only thing I pat myself on the back for because ah, he's come on. not you know <laughs> what I mean like he's not I hear that though I'm, he watches Powerpuff Girls mm-hmm. and I love that he does that because mm-hmm. if my brothers watch Powerpuff mm-hmm. Girls I could hear my parents being like that's a girl show you need to turn it absolutely and, watch and that's how we grew up we grew up with that that's how right? we grew up yeah uh yeah my my both my children watch powerpuff girl both the old series and the new series um and the cartoons that our children get to see today mm-hmm. i wish those cartoons were around during our time oh, like yeah. they watch our children watch this show called steven universe oh um, yeah it's an amazing show. I don't quite understand what they're all doing, but at the same, but my children and my partner definitely are really into the show. But it it breaks so many norms that yep. you don't realize is happening in TV. But that mm-hmm. this is what they're being fed, and our children understand like concepts that adults don't understand, like yeah. gender and sexuality and like just gender norms. And I'm just yeah. I'm just fascinated by the ability like you said to process their their knowing and their understanding of of concepts that are so complex as an adult you know but as children it's not that hard actually um it's beautiful to see so you are should be very proud of yourself for that for sure yeah I mean like you said it's not that hard like it doesn't have to be that hard (laughs) life does not have to be hard it could be easy Mm -hmm. if we just think simply and not simple as in dumb but like simple like children like you know what I mean it's all laid out there for you we don't have to make everything it really is it really is not difficult at all I think as we get older we complicate it we make it so complex and so so nuanced that it's hard for us to pull apart and pull away from those that understanding so yeah if we could all just think like children you know (laughs) I like that yeah so thank you, Jasmine. Thank you for having this me. This was fun. This was fun. We should do this more often. Um, thank should. you so much for having me. And of course, I really value your time and I value your, your um, podcast. I think it's very great. And I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. It just keeps growing <laughs> every day. I feel like it's yes. going to grow out of control. And yes. I'm okay with that. Me too. I love it. Hey, Kiera, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to Crowned, the podcast. Now, before we get into it, (laughs) why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Okay, I am Kiera. Um, I'm a 34-year-old woman. Um, I'm a lawyer, a wife, a mom of two very fearless little women who I hope will change the world someday. Yeah. Thank you so much for making time um, to do this with me. It was definitely a science project with us trying to find some time together, but I am super excited to chat with you today just about, um, I mean, life and responsibility and balancing it all. 
So a little bit of information for you. So one of the reasons why I really wanted you on the pod was because, okay, so backing up, I was thinking about like key people that I wanted to have on the pod. And I had a episode, a couple episodes back where I talked about like key folks in my life and I didn't say their name. And you were the person that... (laughs) You were the person where I was talking about, like, is my biggest cheerleader. And I just started to think about, like, all of the things that, like, you do. So in your introduction, you talked about how you're a wife, a lawyer, and a mom to two fearless little women. But you also make time to, like, be a great friend and to be there for a lot of people. And... I would just love for us to have a conversation about like, what does it mean to extend yourself to so many folks, like your family, extended family, friends, work, but then also like take care of yourself. Does that sound good to you? That sounds really good. So first of all, I have to say that's one of my favorite crowned episodes. I've not only listened to it like by myself, but with other people (laughs) trying to guess who I was. I'm so excited that like you feel that way about me and our friendship is extremely important to me and I do enjoy um, in addition to the other hats I wear kind of like fostering my friendships with my girlfriends because you guys I don't know how to explain you guys literally help make up who I am you know and so I am all those things to different people but when I think about extending myself I think about the fact that putting into other people kind of builds me up as well And so like having a wonderful friend like you and fostering that relationship is like iron sharpens iron. And so you pour into me as Mm. I pour into you. And so that's why I really like, like, that's why it's important to me to be a good, a good friend. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah, I do. I guess the thing that I always wonder though, right? Because I watch you pour so much into people. Like, how does it feel like, what do you do when you feel empty? Like, who is pouring into you? So I have struggled with that this year. <laughs> with, yeah. With regards to the pandemic, I, I looked back um, earlier this week at some of the Bible studies I did, like, in June when we were, when we thought we were coming out of things. You know, we had been in quarantine for a little bit. And I did, yeah. a, I did a Bible study where I talked about what my plan was for my life, like how I was going to like refocus my purpose. And I made a list of things that I wanted to accomplish to like become a better me, you know, be more purposeful. And I took a look at the list. And I don't think any of those things focused on me. And I'm gonna if I can share, can I share the list with you? It's really brief. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So remember, this is like a biblical study. You know, I consider myself a Christian woman. I want to become a better, a better um, soul seeker for Christ. And so the list was, I want to contribute to the saving of souls. I want it to show others how God's light can defeat darkness. I want it to provide a better life and financial stability for my children. Give Mm -hmm. to those who don't have support the dreams of others around me, be the backbone of my family and raise my children under God's umbrella. And so while all those things sound great, and those are the main focuses in my heart, none of those things speak to anything about me specifically. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does. It does. So if you had to add to that list right now and like have something that focuses on you, what would you, what would you add? I would support my own dreams. You know, that's the part that really stuck to me. Support the dreams of others around me. I should have added as well as my own, you know, just that simple. Like I have goals that I want to accomplish in life. And a lot of them are career focused um, outside of just, you know, the wife hat and the mother hat. Like as an attorney, there are certain things I want to accomplish. I was selected to be a part of the Florida Bars Leadership Academy this year. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, being a future nice. leader in my profession in the state. Yeah, you know, I remember. By the way, you never told me that you got accepted because I, I remember didn't. when you submitted the application. You, I, I literally was at your kitchen counter prayerfully finishing editing things up so that I could submit the application and you know spoiler alert yes I was selected and so that was a really big deal and and you were the friend who helped support me through that and I hadn't even made the time despite all of our many conversations to share with you that I reached that I accomplished that goal you know what I mean and so that's yeah. that's what kind that's what kind of made me come back to this list because I think that as I enter 2021 I want to edit that and I want to focus on my own dreams and and start celebrating some of my own wins thank you so much for sharing that I think I don't know it's really good to hear you talk about your dreams and I'm remembering so at the end of 2019 um, I remember inviting you and Tasia over and we talked about we did like a vision boarding like planning session where we talked about like what our goals would be for 2020 little did we know that coronavirus was going to come and upend a lot of our plans right um but I remember at that time like saying or sharing with you and Tasia that I wanted to do crowned and how I wanted to like either start a podcast or fill a pen or something and I remember you asking me questions that I hadn't even considered because you were like so like what what is the outcome like what is the product that you want to sell or if you want to do a podcast what would it be about and and I think you just need people in your life like even like you know you can have dreams but how do you make those practical and kind of bring them down to earth so you have very like tangible steps to do I remember you doing that for me at that that vision board um little get together and now look at this beautiful thing that you've birthed you know yeah, just, I mean, I still exciting. think it's like super raggedy, but thank you for calling it beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, so we, we talked about like pouring into self, um, setting goals and things that are focusing on on us. Do you ever feel sometimes, because like you shared in the beginning, you're a wife, you're a mom, you're a lawyer, which is probably it sounds like a very high demanding job, high demanding job. What, do you ever miss like when you did not have any of those titles and you were just Kiara? I do. (laughs) I actually, I feel guilty. I feel guilty even saying that, but it's not that I miss not having the titles. I miss how excited I was to, to attain those things, you know? Like I miss the excitement of like, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, pouring into this new relationship, hoping that this man is my forever. And I miss, you know, preparing my life and myself and my mind and my body for, you know, the blessing of having children and wondering what they Mm -hmm. would be like. Um, I miss studying with friends and freaking out about the bar exam as crazy as that sounds, you know, like hoping to have this really great career as an advocate for people. And so I think it's, you know, I, you, you, you have to know that, well, you know, but people need to know about me. Like I'm the type of person where everything is exciting to me. You know, it's like, I see an ad on TV and it's, yeah. like, you know, new episode of the bachelorette. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm throwing a party. Like, where's the red wine on sale? Let me pick up some flowers. <laughs> like, and yeah. so, um, because like really simple things like that are exciting for me, the big things that I wanted so much for my life, it was just such an exciting time for me to work towards those things. And so what I'm, what I miss is who that Kiara was like, so full of excitement because now that Kiara has, has reached, you know, not the pinnacle necessarily, but like now that I have a husband whom I love and children that I think are amazing and you know a career that I'm really enjoying it's almost I feel like what's next and I and I and worry sets in Ooh, I like, feel that. yeah you know like what's next am I doing enough to to keep things things I wanted you know and yeah. I, I've lost that like excitement about what's to come if that makes any sense at all so that's that's what I miss I miss the care who got to be excited about what's to come because now um, now that I have the responsibilities mm-hmm. and the things that I love, you know, I'm, I'm letting doubt and worry creep in and, and it takes away from that mm-hmm. excitement for sure. I feel that, like, I feel that deep in my core. Um, it feels good to feel excited about things. And I think sometimes the stress of life just makes things a little too real mm-hmm. in a negative way, right? Like you yes. forget how to dream, you forget how to be excited about stuff and I think the thing that irritates me the most um something you said sparked this for me is when um when you have the title right keeping that through line or once you achieve certain things in life and you still want more because and I think that comes from this deep desire or something that God plants in you that hasn't blossomed yet I think sometimes the world looks down on women in particularly that still have that want, right? To say Mm -hmm. like, hey, there's something else for me on the other side. And they're looking at your situation saying like, oh, well, you're the mom, you have the man, you have the kids, like what you have the job, what more do you want? And it's like, it's not, it's not that black and white, right? Because I've always been of the, I've always been of the, um, the frame of thought that if God plants something in me, it's my job to cultivate it and let it grow. And I don't have to explain to you what that is. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, know, I just know when I get there and you, sometimes you can't share all your stuff with other people because they don't get it. Right. Yeah. It's like, but you can't, you can't speak French to the English. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But you know what I found? I found that like not sharing sometimes for me, like despite the fact that people will question it, I feel like I still want to share that with them because even if they kind of question me back, it's like, I want them to eventually question themselves. You know, why do you feel like this is it? Why do you feel Uh, like that's all there is? You know what I mean? I think that as women, we should always be pushing each other to want more. Like it, it should never be enough. There's always something else that we can achieve, something new that we can do, some Mm -hmm. new 
title to attain. Not, and not necessarily that's what it's about, like titles or, or things like that, but there's always going to be a next step. And so one of the things I want to do for myself is I want to push myself to, to stay excited about what's to come, to kind of push the worry and doubt away and to share that with others. I want all of us as women to be, to be, you know, hopeful for what's next, no matter what that looks like. And I want to do that until, until the end for me, there's nothing that I shouldn't be able to look forward to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. I love that. So what are you getting excited for? Do you have anything you want to share? Like something brewing? I, okay. (laughs) I'm excited (laughs) for some self-care as crazy as that sounds. I feel like when the pandemic set in, you know, and it's affected lots of people in lots of ways. And it's been kind of a down year for a lot of people, even when you've been able to um, reach certain goals and achieve certain things and push through. um, I feel like we've been able to do a lot of self-reflection, but I don't know how many people have been able to really take care of themselves. And I know that when we did our vision board planning party um, back at the end of 2019, one of the things I wanted for my birthday this year was just like a spa day or weekend, you know, just like to check in the hotel, get a facial, Uh massage, you know, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. buy a new book that I can read in the weekend, you know, drink a glass of wine or None of that happened, you yeah. know, like, my, of course, not. <laughs> because, you know, my birthday's in May, everything was closed, you know, it's just, I was, I think I was like standing in line at Walmart wearing a mask on my birthday instead of, <laughs> instead of having oh, my man. spa retreat. And so I think that self-care is what I'm excited for. I'm excited that things are opening back up a little bit. I, I want to be cautious and careful. I'm going to be um, masked up and and keep a safe distance from people uh, as much as possible. But I would like that facial if I can make that happen. Um, I would like that massage. I, feel you. I would like some time um, just for me to kind of recharge and reset and and get prepared for 2021, you know, and what the new year is going to bring, no matter what it is, because if, if we got through 2020, right, we can get through just about anything. So that's what I'm excited about. What about you? What about you? So one, I pray that you get that time because we all need it. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, I am excited for, and this is a different type of self-care, but I put it in the same ca- category. I am getting excited to start graduate school in January. Yes. This is, that's really um, exciting. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, it's something I've always wanted and it's about to happen. And I've like been strategically almost like Lego pieces, like moving things out of the way, figuring out like what, you know, like just setting the environment for, or the conditions for success for that to happen. Um, Because I refuse, I refuse to fail because I really feel like that's where, that's the next thing for me um, is to become Dr. Golden. And so I am, very focused they very like laser focused on everything that I need to do um to to start but then also once I start like super like committed to to finish um and I'm doing this for me like I'm not doing this because I want a better job I'm not doing this because I'm trying to prove something but I'm doing this because of the learning and the growth that's going to happen from like saying and putting a stake in the ground saying this is what I want 
and like finishing something that I start. So super excited for that to happen. Um, I'm it's excited be an investment. for you. Yes. And a to- <laughs> it's going to be totally worth it. Like you're going to, I just, oh, I yeah. can't wait to see how much you get to share with your colleagues and classmates. I don't know. Uh-huh. Are they colleagues or classmates? But I know that when you're in a graduate program, you get to kind of work very closely with others as you guys kind of right. not only learn the material, but kind of learn from each other. So I'm excited to see what you, what you get to share with the world in that respect. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Thank you. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, thank you so much, Kiara. This is so much fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you for sharing your heart, your goals, your dreams, and what you're excited about with the crowned audience. Um, yes. I love you, friend. This was awesome. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me. And I just, I can't wait to see what Crown continues to, to share with the world. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Crown the Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening for future episodes. Crowned is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor, to name a few. Crowned is a women's empowerment platform for the modern woman who wears all the hats and does all the things. Whether you're a boss queen, a queen mom, or a queen in the making, remember your royalty and even queens need a break. This is where spirituality meets self-care. You can follow me on social media at I am Tasha Golden or at Crowned by Star Golden on Instagram. Or you can follow my blog at www.crownedbystargolden.com. Join me on this journey of self-discovery, self-care, and self-empowerment. And remember, what if you were made for such a time as this? Esther 4 and 14. <laughs>